0: How many know church makes a difference in your life, makes a difference in your week, it makes a difference in your day? Amen. Amen. I know even those days where I need coffee and I'm dragging my feet and I'm a little reluctant to come to church. I know that by the end of the morning, I feel better having been in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I don't get a choice. You get a choice. But I know every time. I'm thankful. I'm in the house of the Lord. Amen. We're going to get into the Word of the Lord here today. I want to draw your attention to the Book of Matthew, chapter 17. In just a moment, we're going to be talking. I'm going to be carrying over my lesson from Wednesday night, and so uh, we're we're getting ready to launch our time of prayer and fasting as we do every year. And I've just come to it's a love hate relationship with with the first weeks of January for me because. I hate it because I, I, I hate I hate the sacrifice of fasting, but I love it because I thank God for the results that we see. I thank God for the results, not only in my own life and in the church and, and, in, the, and in your lives. And so we just believe that God is able to do um, great things when we seek him diligently. Doesn't the Bible say, amen, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently, amen? Right. And so that's what prayer and fasting is. And so we're going to take a look here in the book of Matthew. Beginning chapter 17, beginning in verse 14, I'm going to be preaching and teaching a little bit here today. The Bible says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, he said this, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. He's got a health issue. He's got a medical issue and he suffers severely. We don't know what to do. We feel overwhelmed. I don't know. If there's any parents in the house today, you can just you've just you've ever felt that feeling. You just your child needs help. It's the most desperate feeling. It's the most just overwhelming thing when when you know your child needs help and there's there's very little you can do. It's a difficult situation. I remember when we were when when the twins were just babies and they had a viral like a sinus, some sort of a upper respiratory congestion issue and they were we were trying to get it treated and we were changing Max's diaper and all of a sudden he just starts choking and coughing and he stopped breathing and he's turning purple. I'm holding him in my hands. He's turning purple. He's not breathing. And there's just this feeling that comes over you. You just it's it's just the it's the most horrible experience. We ended up running outside. Our neighbor was a an EMT a fireman and he literally resuscitated him right there in the street. But as a parent, you can say when your child has a need, there's nothing like it. Here was this father. He's just desperate. He's desperate. He would do anything. For he falls into the fire and he often into the water. Verse 16, so I brought him to your disciples. I brought him to your disciples. I brought him to church. I brought him to the church. But they couldn't cure him. They couldn't fix it. They couldn't resolve it. Jesus answered and said, Oh, you faithless and you perverse generation. Now, this I know these two descriptions here that Jesus provides are, they seem harsh. They seem just kind of out of touch with the situation. But I want to tell you there's some powerful meaning here. They're faithless and there's perverseness in this generation, he says. How long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring him to me. And he goes on and he says, And Jesus rebuked this demon, and it came out of him. And that child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19, here it is. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately afterwards and said, Why could we not cast out this particular spirit. Now stop. They had cast out spirits before. (laughs) If you recall early on in Christ's ministry, he gathered the disciples together. He sent them out two by two and he sent them into the cities and the villages, into their own cities and into their own villages to cast out demons. And they came back reporting. We've seen great miracles. Demons were cast out, mighty miracles. People were healed. And, and they glorified God. These were not, this, these disciples, this was not their first rodeo. They had laid hands and seen the enemy flee. They had laid hands and seen people healed. But why could we not cast out this situation? Jesus says to them, because your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Now I want to stop right here, because this particular scripture, while well, we're getting ready to dive into the meaning of it, has been misused to manipulate and to, to try to beat people up. That the reason they have problems in their life and struggles because they don't have enough faith. Well, that's not the exact context of this particular situation, as if that all the problems on your life are because you don't have enough faith. But what Jesus is trying to get down to the bottom of is there is a way to release and restore faith. There's a way to get in touch with your faith. There's a, there's a way to get back in contact with faith that will move mountains, that will change lives, that will cast out demons. And he says this, verse 21, Nevertheless, this kind goeth not out except by prayer and fasting. There are some things, hear me now, whether you've never fasted or you've never even heard of fasting, there are some things in the life of a believer, in the context of living for God, that can only be affected. Hear what the Bible's teaching. This is not connection point. This is the Bible. There are some things that can only be impacted through prayer and fasting. Amen? Amen. I want to take a, take a look at a couple more scriptures here. The book of Psalms, chapter 102, verses 1 through 2. As I was praying this week and just talking to God about what I, would, what I would teach and what I would preach, I really felt the Lord impressing upon my heart that as we enter into this time of prayer and fasting, hear me now, I'm confident that I've, I've felt impressed of the Lord, that as we enter into this time of prayer and fasting as a church, that we need to remember and we need to recognize that God is able to do a quick work in our lives. That's what I feel. That's the theme. That's the impression that God's able to do a speedy work, that God's able to do an instant work. Look at the psalm writer said, hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. He says this, he says, do not hide your face far from me in the day of my trouble, incline your ear to me in the day that I call, answer me speedily quickly God, do a quick work God, I I can't wait much longer Lord, I, I feel frustrated I feel weary, Lord, do a quick work in my life one more portion of scripture the Bible says this do not answer, he says in Psalms 143 answer me quickly O Lord For my spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. I don't have a whole lot of time. I don't have, Lord, much more patience. Lord, I don't feel very strong right now. God, I lift my voice, do a quick work in my life, move speedily in my life. God, do something in my situation right now. And so for the next few moments as we take a look, as I teach and preach on this subject of fasting i want to just talk to this church preach to this church on this on our theme for this year as we enter into a time of seeking and sacrifice fasting forward let's go back to our original one that's a little dilapidated there we go fasting forward amen do you want to see god do a work in your life come on a quick work a speedy work does anyone anyone feel that way today why don't we just lift a hand all over this place Come on, can anyone relate to that today? God, I just need you to do a quick work. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Lord, I pray all over this place. God, I pray that you would just minister to every heart and every mind and every life. God, I just pray, God, that you would encourage each and every heart, Lord, that you don't, God, that you're not you're not delaying. You're not making haste, Lord, but Lord, you're able to move quickly. You're able to move speedily. You're able to move fast, Lord. You're able, God, Lord, just with the word, Lord Jesus, with just a move, with just a quick answer, Lord, that you can move mountains in just a moment, Lord. I pray that you would just get a hold of someone's faith today. Revive them. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Let them know, Lord God, that when you're ready to move, that you can move in a moment, God, that you can turn situations upside down in a moment. Lord, I pray right now in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, encourage us today. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Fasting forward. Fasting forward. Amen. I'll just mention here quickly that if you're interested in the subject of fasting and learning more about it and how it relates to our lives as believers, there's a couple books I might recommend if you ever interested in, in taking that step. The first one is a book. It's it's called God's Chosen Fast. It's it's out of that scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter, Isaiah 58. It's a great chapter on fasting. And it's by the author's name is Arthur Wallace. And there's one more book that I may even recommend that you start with if you're interested in the subject of fasting. It's by and Franklin, and he's devoted a lot of his ministry to the subject of just prayer and fasting. And he's got a, a book just Uh, simply titled Fasting. And so if you're encouraged or if you're interested in studying, those are two books I would recommend. You can get them for a couple bucks on Amazon. Amen. Amen. Fasting Forward. Amen. This past week, uh, I had an opportunity to get together with uh, a friend of mine, and uh, we went out to dinner, and we were just talking. And and he, uh, I think admittedly, he would say he's somewhat new to newer to just his his commitment to church and to living uh, for God and has always been around it but he uh, he's newer to his faith so to say and and uh, we were just got to talking about living for God and being just just serving God and we got on to the subject of prayer during dinner and he got to asking me some questions and I hope he doesn't mind me bringing it up but he began asking me about prayer he he had just mentioned that he has heard me talk about prayer a lot and he was expressing something about prayer that I think many believers can relate to probably all of us most of us all of us if we're being honest can relate to when it comes to the subject of prayer and that is simply that there's this this frustration that is often felt between just the time that you've begun praying for something and you you've you believed God to do something, you've trusted in God, you you, you have faith to, to, to bring your need before the Lord, to believe that God is able, to believe that God can do a great and a mighty work. And then you get to praying and you realize and you recognize that nothing has changed in the situation that you're praying for. And He began talking and asking me, questioning me, what do you do in that space? What do you do in that time between when you've come to God with your prayer, you've brought your need before the Lord, you're being patient, you're being diligent, you're being persistent in prayer, yet nevertheless, you don't see anything changing in your situation, and and as I began just thinking about this, I began just trying to come up with what I truly just believe from experience and, and just from studying the scripture that there are at least two reasons, and I'm sure there are more, but there are at least two reasons why sometimes God allows us to go through that season, to go through that space where we've brought our need to the Lord, we've prayed, we've, we've been persistent, we've been patient, yet, nevertheless, the situation we're praying about, the person, we're praying for has not gotten any better. The situation has not improving. It seems like nothing is happening There's at least two reasons why I believe God allows us to walk through seasons like this You know the very first thing that I think that we need to keep in mind when it comes to the subject of prayers, that sometimes God will allow us to go through that space where it seems like nothing is happening in the circumstances we're praying for is because sometimes God often chooses to change us before he's willing to change or intervene in our circumstances. That's a word for somebody today because I really do believe that we need to keep in mind that That more often, that sometimes, oftentimes God is more interested in affecting our heart and affecting our situation or affecting our life, affecting our character, affecting our faith before he's interested in intervening in our circumstances. God is interested in our life. And when we bring our needs before the Lord and when we bring our circumstances before God in prayer, God is pleased with our faith. And he takes that opportunity and he takes that occasion to begin working in our life, to develop in our perspective a faith and a patience and a persistence, to rely on God when it seems like nothing is changing, to trust in God when we're still sick in our body, to have faith in God when that young person or that loved one that we've been praying for seems to only be getting worse. God wants us to have a heart that is fixed on trusting in Him. Despite our circumstances, despite our situations, despite what's going on in life. God wants us to get a perspective of faith. Sometimes God wants to develop our patience. Sometimes God wants to develop us. And as we pray and as we seek God to affect a circumstance, sometimes God wants us to realize that over the course of praying for that situation that he is a sovereign God and he doesn't necessarily need to move within the context of our limited perspective that God can answer our prayer not the way we intended for him to do it, not only the way we think he should, the way we want him to, and in the timing that we have in mind, but we come to a realization through praying to God and through coming to God in prayer that God is sovereign and that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or even think that he doesn't have to answer the prayer the way we think he should, that he doesn't have to answer our prayer the way we want him to or when we want him to, that our God is able and greater to do anything that he wants to. Um, keep in mind, I'm, I'm thinking of Mary and Martha. The Bible tells us that their brother Lazarus had died and they sent word to Jesus. He's getting sick. Please come, Lord, please come and help our brother Lazarus because he's getting sick even unto death. And the disciples came to Jesus. Jesus, we've got to get to Lazarus. We know you love Lazarus. We know if there's any prayer that you're going to answer, it's going to be the prayer of Mary and Martha. And Jesus said, no, but we're going to wait right here. And for one day and two days and three days and even four days, Jesus tarried. He didn't come to answer the prayer. He didn't show up right on their time. He didn't, he didn't come right when they wanted him to. In fact, it finally got to the place where the Bible says that by the time that Jesus finally arrived to Mary and Martha's situation, that Lazarus' body now stunk. It was a stinky situation that if God would only have showed up sooner, Mary said, if you would have just been here, then he would have been better. If you would have just showed up when we wanted you to, then this situation would have been resolved. But Jesus said, nevertheless, I've come to show you that I can do more than just you wanted me to. You've got an inferior expectation. You see, sometimes God doesn't show up right when we want him to because he wants to exceed our expectations. God's got greater things in store. God's got a greater purpose in store. And in the process of us praying and seeking, Him, God wants to affect more than just our circumstances, but God wants to affect our character. The second reason I think that God oftentimes, sometimes will tarry is because you've got to realize, and this is what I feel is a word for us today, is that God is not limited to our timing. We often think that God, in order for God to answer a long-standing prayer, hear me someone, I believe This is a word for you today that that before we can receive our answer to a long-standing prayer that naturally God would have to show us indications of progress along the way. We can understand that if something takes time that we can deal with that. But we want to see some progress along the way. It might not get solved or it might not get answered right away that that we understand sometimes we've got to just be patient and we've got to wait and we've got to pray. But we've got to pray. But along the way, we need to see some progress in the lives of the people we're praying for. We need to see some progress in the situation we're praying for. We need to see some progress in that circumstance that's causing us so much pain and so much frustration. But you see, God doesn't always work like that. God doesn't always work in our timing and in our context. You see what we need to realize and recognize and here's the word for someone today. The quote that I have is God does not always work gradually because sometimes God chooses to work instantly. I want to tell you that there are occasions all throughout the word of God where it seemed like the situation was only getting worse. The longer they prayed, the longer they sought God, the longer they believed God, the situation got worse. The dilemma got more dire. But I want to tell you that it was because God wasn't ready to move. But just like in in all throughout the Word of God and in Mary and Martha and Lazarus' situation that sometimes God doesn't choose to work gradually because God knows that He's got all power and all ability to show up and to completely change a situation. I want to tell you today that no matter what you're praying for and no matter what you're seeking God for and no matter what circumstances may be in your life uh, that when we seek God through prayer and through fasting that we release an opportunity for God to expedite the purposes and the plan of God for our life. That no matter where you are and no matter what you're going through that you need faith for more than just a gradual miracle. More than just a gradual answer. More than just a gradual uh, improvement. But you need to trust and a God that is able to speak life into a dead and dying situation instantly, quickly, speedily. God is able to move in just a moment of time when we seek Him through prayer and through fasting. And so that's a word for us today. And just like the prophet Daniel in that Old Testament, the Bible tells us Daniel realized and recognized that God is able to move in a moment and in an instant. The Bible tells us that this man Daniel, who was one of the captives, the Bible tells us, of Jerusalem, he was carried away captive after. King Babylon had come in and invaded Jerusalem, and he carried away some of the best and the brightest, some of the best human resources, the, the craftsmen and the intellectual and the and the learned and the skilled and the musicians and the artists and the scientists and those who had great talents. He carried all of the best and the brightest away into Babylon, and it was there that they were to incorporate themselves into the kingdom of Babylon. And the Bible says it of Daniel that he was one of these special Young men, that he was a he had an excellent spirit about him, and the entire time that Daniel was off in Babylon, his heart was still facing, and his heart was still oriented towards Jerusalem. The Bible says that because Daniel had an excellent spirit that God promoted him and raised him up to be second even in the whole entire kingdom. And and the entire time that Daniel was there in Babylon, the Bible says that he would seek God in prayer twice a day facing Jerusalem. And he finally got to a place where he had heard of the well-being of Jerusalem, that Jerusalem was in shambles. And the Bible says that Daniel began seeking God for the well-being of Israel and for his people. And he began to pray and he began to fast and the Bible tells us in the book of Daniel chapter 10 that that Daniel began to abstain from certain types of foods. He began to abstain from pleasant foods and certain meats and from wine and he began to fast what is now considered the Daniel fast. He didn't fast every food but he fasted certain types of food and for 21 days the Bible says that Daniel prayed and fasted and sought God. Until the 21st day, the Bible tells us that all of the sudden, as Daniel was still praying and fasting, that an angel appeared to Daniel, the Bible says, and he came to Daniel and he said, Daniel, thou great man of God, thou beloved of God, he said, from the very first day that you sought me, that from the very first day that you set your heart towards seeking God, he said, I was released with an answer to your prayer. That in other words, that back 21 days ago, when you started praying to God for the situation you're seeking God for he said God released the answer to your prayer but he said on the way here he said I was challenged by the prince of Persia by the enemy by the spiritual forces that were covering this this Persian empire I don't fully understand it that but in other words what he was saying is there was some spiritual resistance that there was something blocking your prayer from being answered. There was something blocking me from, from from bringing you the revelation, bringing you the answer that you're seeking. And he said, but for 21 days I was there alone with the kings of Persia. But he said, nevertheless, because you were persistent in prayer and fasting, God released Michael, the archangel, the Bible says, in Daniel chapter 10. And he said he began warring and fighting so that I could be released to bring you your answer. In other words, what he said is that, that, that from the time you started praying From the time you started fasting, from the time you started seeking God, God heard your prayer and God sent your answer, but there was resistance somewhere in the spiritual realm, but because you were persistent in prayer and in fasting, here I am to bring you the answer that you're looking for. This is a lesson for us today to teach us that there should be some persistence in our prayer, that just because we started praying and we don't see anything happening, that that doesn't mean that God has ignored us, that God has has forgotten us or their God won't answer our prayer but sometimes in life we've got to have enough faith to realize that if it doesn't happen right when I think it should if it doesn't happen right when I want it to that I'm going to keep on praying I'm going to keep on fasting I'm going to keep on pushing I'm going to keep on believing that God is able you see I want to tell you that your breakthrough is not as far away as you think that your breakthrough, that your answer to prayer is not as far off as you think it ought to. You see, the Bible, within the context of Scripture, there is a very real experience called a breakthrough. A breakthrough is a very real and a very possible thing. and a breakthrough comes when we push past our current spiritual, emotional, and mental obstacles, and we achieve what we have been seeking God for, past our normal limitations, past our current set of circumstances, and we accomplish an advance, a development, and a step forward in our circumstances. I want to tell you a breakthrough is when we make progress. A breakthrough is when we excel. A breakthrough is when we advance. And there is nothing more more of a catalyst in the current context of living for God, to progress the will of God in your life, to advance the prayers that you've been praying, then when you couple your prayers with fasting. I want to tell you that there is power when we fast, that there is, there is answers when we fast, that there is progress when we fast, that when we can push through with prayer and fasting that, that can accelerate the will of God in our life, it can accelerate God's will. So what exactly is fasting? Bear with me here. I want to just give you just a reminder of what fasting is, all right? I know we've got some newer folks with us here, and there's going to be some on the internet, but I want to just tell you that fasting simply means to abstain from foods or to eat sparingly and abstain from certain types of foods. In the Hebrew, the word fast means to cover our mouth, to abstain from food. In the Greek, that word fast translated in our New Testament means to abstain from food, for the purpose of a religious exercise. I want you to note that in in both definitions, that biblical fasting simply means to withhold from food for a period of time for the purpose of spiritual progress. That when we withdraw ourselves from food for a certain amount of time for the purpose of seeing God move and accelerate and advance the will of God in our life, that God responds by bringing us spiritual breakthrough. I want to tell you that there are three types of ways that a believer can fast that we find in the word of God. In fact, there are are over 70 times where fasting is mentioned throughout the word of God and at least three different types of fast. The first type of fast that we find in the scripture is what we'll call an absolute fast. It's an absolute fast that was listed just a few times in scripture, no more than a total of three days. Uh, an absolute fast is when you when you abstain from all food and all drinks. And this is not for just a casual occurrence. This is only recommended for extreme situations. There are only a few times in scripture where we find someone fasting an absolute fast. The first time was in Esther chapter 4 when the Bible tells us that the children of Israel were getting ready to face complete annihilation. That, that evil Haman had set up gallows and he was getting ready to have all of the children of Israel, all of the Jews of the land executed. But because because Esther the queen had heard of this plot to kill all the Jews she began to call for an absolute fast for three days and three nights and at the end of that fast she went into the king's chamber and requested mercy for her people and God because his people fasted God turned that situation completely around and he turned their annihilation into their victory causing that evil man Haman to hang on the very gallows that he had established for the people of God I want to tell you that when we come to God and prayer and an absolute fasting that God can turn even the most bleak situation, even the most impossible situation around for our good. The next type of fasting that we find in the Bible is what we'll just simply refer to as a normal fast. This is where we take a time. A space of time, maybe a day, or a part of a day, or a couple of days, or however long you see fit, and we and we fast food and some liquids. That that during a normal fast we still partake in, in juice or water or perhaps strained broth, and we take time. Maybe some time just some people would take just 24 hours or or from sunup to sundown, like they did in the old testament, and they just take time to withdraw from food for the purpose of drawing near to God, devoting themselves to God. Jesus tells us in Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 verses 16 through 18 that when you fast don't look gloomy like the hypocrites for the disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. But truly, I say they have received their reward. He goes on and he says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. And he goes on and he says this, that your fasting may not be seen by others. You're not doing it to impress others. You're not doing it to, to seem spiritual to others, but you're doing it in secret because your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. In other words, that we take time throughout the day. Throughout the course of our life, to withdraw from the world, to withdraw from people, and to draw closer to God. And when we do, God rewards our diligence. The third type of fasting that we find in the scripture is what we'll simply call a progressive or a partial fast. This is what Daniel had participated in, and this is where we get the term the Daniel fast. Daniel didn't abstain from all foods, he didn't abstain from all drinks. The Bible says he abstained for just a course of 21 days from from delicacies from certain foods, from certain pleasant foods, perhaps meats and cheeses and breads and, and desserts and sweets, and he abstained from wine. There were certain things that he was abstaining from, and over the course of 21 days, over this partial or progressive fast, Daniel saw that it seemed like nothing was happening, and all of a sudden, at the end of that 21 days, God broke through his circumstances. God broke through his situation, and God answered his prayer speedily. I want to tell you today that no matter what your purpose is, no matter what your reason is, that when we choose to fast, that God is able to move and accelerate in a way that we wouldn't see otherwise. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly why we should fast or various reasons and various purposes to fast. Moses fasted and God gave him a revelation for the Ten Commandments. David fasted as an act of intercession over the illness of his child. Elijah fasted and God delivered him out of deep emotional depression and gave him supernatural protection from Jezebel. Ezra fasted and God sent a national revival of zeal and obedience to the word of God. Esther fasted, called a three day fast and an act of desperation and God defeated the plans of the enemy and spared the people from annihilation. Darius fasted for the safety of Daniel. Daniel fasted and God gave him divine understanding and a spirit breakthrough and Paul fasted and God called him to the missions field and I want to tell you that when connection point fast that we will see God accelerate and advance the purposes and the plan of God I want to tell you if you want to get progress in your spiritual life, if you're looking for clarity in your situation if you feel stuck or stagnant in your walk with God that if you will call a fast, if you will draw near to God, if you will push aside the distractions of this world that God will accelerate and do a quick work Work in your life as I close you see the main reason we fast there's twofold in Matthew chapter 17 in that portion that we read the Bible says that there was a man a father that was overwhelmed and that he brought his son to the disciples and his disciples couldn't fix the situation the disciples couldn't heal he just bringing them to church couldn't fix his son. And he became frustrated and he became weary. He realized that there's some things, that there's, this, this stubborn thing that is not changing in my child's life. There's this stubborn thing. I can't fix it just being faithful. I can't fix it bringing them to church. I can't fix it just going through my normal devotion and routine. And Jesus says there are some things that come out only by prayer and fasting. And they bring them to the disciples, and the disciples can't fix it. And, and the disciples come to Jesus, and he says, You faithless. And you perverse generation, you see the reason that Jesus was was indicating that they could not get the breakthrough that they were looking for, the the answer that they were seeking, is because there was two a two fold problem. There was faithlessness, and there was perverseness. The faithlessness simply meant that there was a disconnect to their faith, that their faith was weak, and there, furthermore that there was not there was not enough faith, and furthermore that they had too much of the perverseness, there was too much of the world, there was too much distractions, there was too much carnality in their life, there was not enough faith, and there was too much of the world. And Jesus says that, but when you come to God in prayer and in fasting, what that does is that, that prayer and that fasting disconnects us from the perverseness, it disconnects us from the world and the prayer connects us to God. It's the God that releases the faith in our life. In other words, what Jesus is saying, if you want to break through in your life, you need to disconnect from this world through fasting and you need to connect to God through prayer. I want to tell you that when we disconnect from the distractions and the cares and the worries and the carnality of this life, and we push that plate away and we come to God in sacrifice, and we connect to God through prayer, and we spend time in his word, and we spend time in, uh, uh, seeking him in prayer, that there's a There is a release of faith, that there's a diminishing of the carnality, and there's a release of faith in our life, and it's through that faith, and it's through that prayer, and it's through that fasting that we can see God move mountains in our life. Stand with me today. I want to tell you that I really feel that as we approach this time of prayer and fasting, here's the word I feel that we need to keep in mind that God is not always slow as we consider Him being slow, but there, that we serve a God that is able to move speedily in our situation. That when we come to God in prayer and fasting in January of 2021, we need to believe and trust and realize that our God can do a quick work, a fast work, a speedy work. You see, the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, in chapter 18, the Bible tells us that Jesus spoke a parable that men ought always to pray and to not lose heart. He says that there was in this certain city a judge who did not fear God. He didn't fear God. He wasn't a believer, wasn't devoted. He wasn't religious, and he didn't even have compassion or regard for man. He says that there was in that same city a widow, and she came to this judge saying, get justice for me from my adversary. There's this situation that's causing me pain, it's causing me frustration, it's causing regret. I, 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 I've been taken advantage of and I need justice. The Bible says that that for a while, that he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God, nor regard man yet because this widow troubles me I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she wearies me she had been coming to this judge she had been knocking on his door she had been bringing her petition she had been bringing her requests, and nothing was happening the judge was not moving He didn't. there was nothing, no progress there was no advance there was nothing changing it was staying exactly the same as it had been the entire time that she had been petitioning for him to make this change but then all of a sudden even though he didn't fear God and even though he didn't have a capacity to have compassion he said I'm going to do something for this lady and then he, the Lord said then hear what God hear what then the Lord said hear what the unjust judge said and get this shall not God avenge his own elect who care cry out day and night to him though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them. Here it is, speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith like this on the earth? You may say, today I prayed and I fasted. Hear me, I know I'm talking to someone today. I have prayed and I have fasted and I have sought God and I've been to the altar, and I've brought my needs, and I've brought my petitions, and it seems like nothing has gotten better. It seems like nothing has changed. I don't even see any progress. But what I want to tell you is that there is a principle in the Holy Ghost and living for God that if we will not lose faith and if we will not lose heart, that God is able to do a quick work in our life, that God is able to move speedily for his own elect that God is able to show up right on time to do what we thought was impossible and to accelerate the purpose and the plan of God for our lives. I wonder if we can bow our heads all over this place. I know that in a in this church that there are several needs. There are several circumstances that have brought pain and discouragement and frustration and worry. But I want to tell you that as we approach this time of prayer and fasting, that we need to come to God boldly and believe that just like this judge, who although he didn't move for a time, that finally when that petition finally came to the point where he was ready, that he did a quick work, that how much more will God see us in our plight and in our circumstances and our suffering and in our pain get ready to move in a way That he demonstrates that he was not afar off, that he heard our cry, but he was able to move in the right time and in the right way. God is able to do a quick work in our life. I want us to just respond to the word of the Lord here today. I want us to ask all over this place. I want to just, we won't take long, but I want us to respond to the preaching of the word. And I want us just to make our way into this altar here today not just for the preacher, not just because it's just what we do, but I want us to come and I want us to stand before the Lord and I want us to bring our need before God one more time. That like that widow woman, we're going to come knocking on the door of that judge. We're going to come knocking on the door of that magistrate. We're going to come knocking on the door of the one who has the ability and the power and the authority to change the seasons and the circumstances of our life, that that we're going to believe in a God that's greater than some unjust judge, that that who didn't regard man or fear God, but God who loves us, who is a heavenly Father, who knows our needs, who sees our circumstances. I want to tell you that God is not as far off as you think, but if we will keep on trusting in God, God is able to move in our life. Can we just lift our hands all over this altar right now? Hallelujah. Come on, whatever your petition is, would you just give it to the Lord right now? Come on, maybe you're praying for your family. Maybe you're praying for your finances. Maybe you're praying for direction. That's all right. God knows where you are. God sees your situation. Maybe you just don't feel content or settled at where you are at in life. You just... You're not sure that this is you're where you want to be or where you need to be. Why don't you just give that to the Lord? And more than just your will, more than just your idea of what, what should be happening and transpiring in your life, why don't you say, God, you lead me, you direct me, you order my steps, you give me peace. If you want me to stay, then, then let me stay. If you want me to go, then let me go. But nevertheless, I'm putting it into your hands. I'm giving it to you for you know all things. You know what's good for me. You know the beginning from the end. You're ordering the steps of a good man and a good woman. God, have your will and your way. Establish me, God. Plant me, God. God, settle me, God. Sustain me, God. Let me be settled, Lord, God. Let me be planted like a tree by the rivers of water, Lord. Let let let, let me know your will and your plan and your purpose for my life. God, I pray over that child. I pray over that circumstance. I pray over that marriage. I pray over that spouse. I pray over my finances, Lord. I'll just bring all of these needs before you right now come on let God hear your cry right now hallelujah let God hear your petition right now hallelujah come on hallelujah hallelujah come on bring your needs before the Lord hallelujah Jesus it's okay to cry out it's okay to cry out hallelujah it's okay to lift your voice That psalm writer said, oh, hear my prayer, oh, Lord. Let my cry come to you, God. Don't hide your face from me, God, in the day of trouble, God. I need you to hear me right now, Lord. Move speedily in my life. Move quickly in my circumstances. God, don't delay any longer, God. You see the pain in my heart. You see the frustration in my life. You see the worry in my mind. You see my life riddled with anxiety. I feel alone and I feel abandoned. But God, don't you delay right now. Don't you haze Lord? Move in my situation. Oh, answer me quickly, oh Lord. For my spirit fails, hide not your face far from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. God, if you don't intervene in my life, I'm not sure where I'm going to be. I'm not sure where my life is going. But God, I'm calling on you, Lord, move in my marriage, move in my home, move in my heart. Come on, all over this place. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, why don't you just lift your voices?